0: Take their soul to the next level, and I've been able to partner with Mind Valley to present you guys with a ton of free master classes, between sixty and ninety minutes, covering mind, body, soul, relationships, and conscious entrepreneurship. Some of these master classes are taught by spiritual masters, relationship experts, best-selling authors legends in the personal growth and spirituality space and so much more so if you want to sign up for any of our free mind body and soul master classes just head over to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free now i know many of you know that i've had multiple near-death experiencers on the show but today's NDE story is pretty remarkable We have on the show Jose Hernandez, and his recounts of his near-death experience are remarkable and a bit different than any other one that I've had the privilege to hear. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show Jose Hernandez. How are you doing, Jose? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. I I saw your story uh, of your near-death experience and we've had a handful of people who've had near-death experiences uh, on the show before. And it's, it, it is a popular topic. A lot of people like to, to hear these stories and also just see the differences in between them I and see the things that are alike and see the things that are different. But they're very; these stories are very moving, and yours was extremely moving, specifically. And uh, I wanted to uh, to bring you on the show, so uh, let's let's just jump in. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what happened that's got you to the place where you had your near death experience? Yeah, yeah. So I I grew up in the South Bronx,
1: a very difficult neighborhood, and uh, you know, being Latino and, and, and all that, uh, we have these, these visions of what a man should be or what he should look like. And, uh, so I grew up in an environment where my father, uh, was teaching us how to survive in his mind, right? Just so I could justify the behavior, right? Uh, drank a lot. Uh, his life was a little more complicated because he was, his, his, his mother is indigenous. So, uh, he was, uh, kind of like wanted always to disguise that part of him. He thought it wasn't gonna help him moving forward. So, uh, you know, he had that challenge and then the language barrier coming in, in, in from, from Puerto Rico to live in New York and, and the language is, is suddenly different and, and he didn't know it. So uh, there were a lot of challenges. So I grew up in that environment,
2: uh,
1: complex community, uh, trying to figure out how to get out of the hood, right? Like, like all of us. right? Uh, I was a little lucky. I was taken into a, a program that was a college-bound program, and I wound up going to school,
3: uh, studied engineering, and uh, kind of got out of the hood, right? But uh,
1: I was living in a world where we were taught to be very competitive, and that was what what men do. You compete, you, you climb the ladder, you, you know. And then there was this thing of uh, acquisition of stuff. And this philosophy that everything belongs to me. So it was my house, my car, my wife, my kids, everything's mine. And uh, so I was living that life. And uh, I thought that was what it was expected of me. You know, I thought I was... I was good. I, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right track. And uh, we were getting ready to kind of get into this, this, this uh, deal that we were putting together in South Florida. And uh, I decided to go and uh, run electrical lines for a while, till, till that came through. So that was supposed to happen in April. I went back to running electrical lines in October. And uh, what happened was a very simple thing. We were, uh, it was Wednesday night. You could imagine tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to that four day weekend. You got Black Friday, we got a lot of stuff going on. And the issue I'm having is that we're running late and it's, it's dark, it's getting, it's gonna get dark soon and we, but we gotta finish. So I'm up on the bucket and uh what we decided to do to save time was this i had this bucket going up and down you kind of managed from one point to the other and uh anyway wasn't the brightest idea so nothing exotic happened i didn't get electrocuted or anything but uh the driver was looking up making sure that he didn't fry me and he kind of bumped into a tree and i hit the side of the bucket and i broke all the ribs on my right side so the whole side just uh all oh, my ribs broke. Go to hospital, of course. And uh, they tape you up. They give you this medication. And they gave me medication that uh, because of the ribs and everything that were broken, they wanted to give me something that had an anti-inflammatory component in it. So they gave me a painkiller that had ibuprofen.
3: Now, I take the pill in the hospital. They send me home. I go home. And I'm finding it very difficult to
1: breathe. And I'm like, man, you know, let me call up. So I called him up and I spoke with the uh, ER guy, and he says, ah, you're all taped up. You can't take a deep breath anyway. So you're okay. You know, it, it, it's, it's just that. Uh, so I said, all right. You know, and being science minded myself, I said, well, they know what they're talking about, right? So I continued to take this medication. And my breathing slowly started to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And ultimately what happens is I get past the holidays. Past New Year's. And this was an interesting New Year's because it was that Y2K thing where they thought everything was going to collapse and everything Mm -hmm. was going crazy. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
1: And there was like a a vigil, right? Let's see what happens first when it hits midnight all the way over there first. And anyway, I got past all that. And, uh, I just got to the point where I couldn't breathe at all. And uh, it was January 5th and I had my wife and my son take me to the hospital. And I went in the ER and I went into the, uh, you know, put me in a room. Uh, They decided they were going to keep me. So I said to my wife and son, ah, you guys go home. I'm going to be okay. There's nothing to worry about, right? Just a little whatever. Uh, Anyway, they hooked up some IVs and the nurse said to me, you know, Jose, if you need any help,
3: push that little button that's by your bed and and I'll I'll, I'll come in and I'll check on you. Anyway, she leaves the room and I remember looking at the clock and it's like uh, 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning now. And I'm saying, I'm not going to push that
1: button. I'm a guy. I'm just a tough guy, right? I'm not going to push the button no matter what. So don't worry about it. But the reason I'm saying that to myself is because I'm actually thinking of pushing that button because it's so hard to breathe. So I'm trying to kind of like make myself feel like everything's okay. I'm pretending everything's fine. I wait about 45 minutes and uh, I can't barely breathe. And I said, you know what? I think I better push this button. I pushed that button and it took about one minute
3: for that nurse to come into that room but that minute felt like forever and she opened the door and she just looked at me and she just hit that cold blue button on the wall now in my mind I'm saying did she just hit that cold blue and then you hear a cold blue, cold blue. And all of a sudden, there's a bunch of people running into the room. I can't breathe at all. So I can't get air out. I can't get air in. I'm going to explain to you what, what I felt. Right? So the first feeling that I had, if you can
4: believe, was shame. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the
1: show.
3: And I became, felt
1: ashamed simply because when they moved into that room, they just stripped me down. They took the sheet off of me and I was trying to hang on to it. And I was so ashamed that they stripped me down like that and I was helpless and I couldn't stop it. And they take this piece of of board and they slip it under you and they put you on top of this board. and, And anyway,
3: there's all this stuff going on but I'm kind of like in my own space, right? I'm kind of like not
1: understanding what they're doing. They're trying to, they got this thing on you and they're squeezing it, trying to force air into
3: your lungs. And uh, while they're doing all that, I'm thinking, you know, what if this is real, right? What if this is real? And I started thinking about my family. And I'm saying, I'm not going to see them again if this is real. And I felt this knot in my chest, like emotional knot. And it was like I was dying, thinking that I would never see them again. And
1: what was worse was that they wouldn't get a chance to see me. I wouldn't be able to say anything. Now, I couldn't talk anyway because I couldn't breathe. but in your head, that's not relevant. You're like,
2: right.
1: if they get here, I'll, I'll be able to talk. I'll be able to say goodbye or whatever, right? But anyway, and I also realized that it was almost two o'clock in the morning and there's no way they're gonna be able to get here in time. So I I started to free fall
3: emotionally and crash. And I became incredibly fearful now.
1: Understanding that I grew up in the South Bronx and, and how I grew up, we were not allowed to show fear, we were not allowed to cry. Right? So, I am so scared here because I'm thinking, What if this is real?
3: and then I just want somebody to hold my hand that's what I want, just hold my hand. I don't care who does it, and I. I wanted to ask someone, but then my head got in the way. Right. And I'm thinking, all right, my
1: father had died five years before. And he's going to turn in his grave. If he sees that I'm showing these people fear.
0: Wow. That That was my
1: thought, man. I was like,
0: it went deep show fear. It went deep,
1: dude. It went to the point where I just, my body actually stiffened. And I say, that's it. Wow. I'm not going to show fear. And I, I still wanted somebody to hold my hand because I felt so alone. Now the room is full of people, but I felt so alone. And uh, then I start thinking, uh, I didn't believe in God. I was very science-minded, very math-minded, right? And uh, I had a conflict. My mother was Catholic. My father was indigenous. My mother said, go find God in church. My father said, look out the window. God is everywhere, right? And God would be creator anyway, so I kind of chose a path of science. So I was really struggling with that issue. And now I'm finding myself at this point where what if something happens here this
3: is real? Where am I going to hang this hat I got? I don't believe in life after death. I don't believe in anything. What's going to happen to me? That fear that I felt at that moment was incredibly compelling. And I started asking myself, well, what if God is real? What if God is real? Mm-hmm. And if God is real, maybe He could get me out of this mess.
0: Because right? you you always find God when when the fit hits the shan. Exactly. Never when things are going well. Jesus doesn't nope. show up when you're living you're living the life. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So i check this out. So I'm like, God, if you're real,
1: I promise. I'm going to change. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be a good man. I'm going to be whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So I was almost like bargaining, of course. And then
3: I waited. I said, all right, let's see if there's an intervention. Meantime,
1: these guys are really struggling to keep me going. I can't breathe at all. Uh, The my heart becomes very regular. So imagine they are pumping with all these drugs to get me to breathe and my heart is racing. And uh, what happens is that it reaches a moment where my heart just felt like a horse was galloping. Like I was going crazy. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I know
3: is you feel your heart stop. And then to kind of like validate that that
1: just happened you hear the thing that was one, just go beep. And the thing is that I was totally conscious and aware, and I'm saying that just didn't
3: happen. And my response was, I became angry at God, and I said, "I knew you weren't real. What was I doing? I was just fooling myself." And then. I looked at the door, the doorway, which was right in front of me, and it, it was just so bright, man. And there was a shadow there. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like an
1: engineer, I'm gonna get turned off like a light switch, and I'm gonna turn to nothing. I'm gonna just blackness. And then I started to, to, you know that macho latino stuff came back right and i'm i'm like i'm not quitting i'm not giving up there's no shame in this right all the things i was taught i can't quit i can't stop if i fall down i gotta get up and that just was right there and i told myself i'm not quitting i'm not giving up but there's
3: nothing i could do to change this outcome so alex i just said to myself you know what it's okay to die. And I started thinking how difficult
1: my life had been. And I said, it was a hard life. I did the best I
3: could, right? And it's it's okay for me to kind of lay up, close my eyes. The minute that thought goes through my mind, that shadow enters the room, and it reaches out, so to me, it's perfectly
1: clear. While that's happening, I hear the IB drips, and it sounds like water splashing on a tin roof, you know, when you're in the island, and you hear that, like rain hitting a tin roof, and then I looked at the wall, and the
3: wallpaper, I could see the grain in it. Now, I was curious about that, incredibly enough, despite everything that was happening kind of like, wow, what what is this?
1: Then my focus was on the shadow. And as the shadow moved in, she kind
3: of reached out. It felt like a feminine energy to me. She kind of reached out. And she touched me. And the minute she touched me, I became like galvanized. I was like, oh, man, I felt so well.
1: I felt so unsick. I felt so, you know, better than ever. No pain. And I felt this breeze and the sense of peace and love and calm. And I'm, I got this wind blowing. In my head, I'm thinking, ah, I got this long hair it's blowing in the wind and,
2: um,
3: you know, you get crazy visions. <laughs> so I feel like I'm being lifted. And the next thing I know, I'm standing in the corner of the room. This is what really changed
1: my life this moment when I saw myself there in the bed. And these guys were trying to save my life. So you got that crash
3: team. Dude. Ah, they're doing everything they can to save. You. And I said to myself, that's me. And I'm dead. And then I asked this question. And this is a question that changed my life. But if that's me, then who am I? And that question, every day, I ask, who am I? Because I know I'm not this. It's temporary. So I ask that question, and I hear this voice my left side. She says to me,
1: visualize yourself as a car. Except that that car has 5 million miles on it.
3: Now you got to say, goodbye to your body. And I'm thinking, wow, I just said goodbye to life.
1: I got to say goodbye to my body.
4: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now,
1: back to the show. And Alex, I think something magical happened. I looked at my body, and for the first time in my life, I had so much gratitude and love for that vessel. And the thought was, that body sacrificed itself for me. It gave everything it had for me and it just didn't have anything left.
3: Oh. And then I started having these memories
1: and I call them benign memories because they weren't like, you know, we think about these dramatic moments in our life and that's what we're going to remember. That's not what I remember at all. I remembered holding my little brother's hand, a little kiss. Taking a breath of air, the sunrise, the wind, the bird singing. I remember looking in my kids' eyes when they were little, how they looked at me with so much love, and how they depend on you so much, right?
3: And what I realized at that moment was that I had that every moment of my life, and I never, rarely did I
1: get into that moment and. Yeah, I got my guys here, my kids and, and and love that moment, feel that breath, feel that warm sun on my skin. And, and here I am understanding the value of life and it's too late. I'm understanding that I have all these things and they're all free. They don't come with any cost, any hoax, nothing. And I was worried about buying another car getting a, 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 a better coffee machine, getting, you know, all these crazy things. And I'm like, what was I doing? But it made me love who I had been. And that, for, you, for everybody out there, this is really important. I always was never happy with who I
3: was. I was never good enough. No matter what. And... That made my life difficult. And now looking at my body and seeing how perfect that body had been for the first time, saying man, feeling all this gratitude for it and love. It it was the second moment where I just was changed. I hear the voice say to me, okay, now we gotta we gotta go kind of like
1: So we start walking together. And I kind of fall through this hole, this black hole, I call it, the tunnel. And I feel like something being ripped off of me. It's a little uncomfortable. Get to the bottom. She said, no, we got to keep going. I keep going. The same thing happens again. And when I get to the bottom of that, I find myself in a ball. Color all around me, like 360. You know, I think, imagine you're in in, in the center of a basketball and everything around you is color and it's moving and it's alive. And it's talking to me. A million voices. And that voice that brought me there says to me, what you felt was all the painful moments in your life being taken away from you. You can't come into this place with any negativity, anything that, that makes you feel bad.
3: And I understood that I was just being kind of like purified. Anyway, I feel the color moving towards me or I'm moving towards the color. I don't know which, but
1: the sense is that the color welcomes me the way I am. It doesn't judge me in any way. I just feel so good, you know, so appreciated, so like welcomed, and so like a part of it. I really belong here. And finally I get in the color and I become the color. And I feel like yellow feels like red and blue.
3: And I hear all these voices. And I'm not a painter. But it was telling me how to paint. Give me like a blueprint. You're going to paint like this. You're going to start with this. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And it gave me a blueprint. Then I come out the other side, and I see this beautiful port. Now, I grew up in New York City.
1: You know, forests and mountains are the last thing I would imagine that was going to be what I encountered, and then these herds of animals roaming around, running free, and uh, it was so beautiful. And I got a thought. I remember my kids, and I said, what's going to happen to my kids?
3: And the voice said to me not to worry. I could see them from The next thought was, I'm flying. And then the voice said, that's normal here. And then I started moving, exploring in my mind.
1: And as I got near a tree, what was interesting about it was I had this experience of oneness, right? What I mean was that if I got near a tree, I became that tree. I could feel it taking nutrients from the ground. I could feel the heartbeat. It was a living being like me. If I got near a bird, the same thing. If I got near a
3: leaf, the same thing. Even the air, the atmosphere, I could see it. Living. And I got to experience all these things, even a rock. And it taught me that everything
1: was one. Everything was interconnected. What I think doesn't have life is just it's full of the same life I am. It's made out of the same things.
3: And as I'm kind of like integrating that, I see these mountains in front of me and I see the snow cap. And it was so galvanizing that
1: I wanted to go up there and see what that was like. So I started heading up in that direction. I get up there and I go over it and I could see a mountaintop top and the snow. It was like being in an airplane, just flying over a mountain top. It was so beautiful and so peaceful. And then I look to my right and I see the
3: sun. And the sun, I don't know if it's setting or rising, but I'm looking at it as if I'm looking through a telescope
1: and I can see the solar flares coming out of it. And it was so beautiful. And I can feel that warm breeze. And I'm saying to myself, oh, this is where the warm breeze is coming from. That's what's giving me lift. That's,
3: this is why I could fly here and I look to my left when I look to the left there's a, a cove it's like a, a U-shaped beach and uh, I see
1: a man and he's holding six children in a line
3: on his right hand and one on the left and they're about knee deep in the water and for some reason I said let me go down there and check that out right so I go down and it's hard to gauge time and distance.
1: There is really no time the way we understand it here.
3: Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had been there for a day and a half already. Now I'm only dead for five minutes in in this world. Anyway, as I get close, I'm about 10 or 15 feet away, maybe a Man turns around. He looks at me. And Alex, that was uh, my father. And I looked at my dad, and I said, "Man, I'm gonna do when I'm dead what I couldn't do when I was alive."
2: I tell my father I love him,
1: that
3: I care, and all that stuff. Now my dad had this real image of being a man was like we can't hug, we don't say we
1: love each other, we don't, we don't, we don't have that kind of relationship, right? We don't, you know, we don't
3: even hold hands when we were little. You know that was what your mother does. Your mother does. All that. So I never hugged my dad, and I never ever said to my father that I loved him. And the thing is, I don't remember him telling me that either. So I grew up bitter and angry. And when he died, it was so difficult for me because everything that I'm feeling right now that I'm talking about, I couldn't tell it to him anymore. That chance was gone. I lost that moment. But now here I was. And now the moment was here again. I looked at my dad and we're talking, but not like I'm talking to you. It was like, just hear him in my head. He could hear me in
1: his head.
4: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
3: And he said to me, all these things that I could never imagine. I was so proud of you when you graduated. I was so proud of you when you went to college. I was so proud of you. I loved you. All these things that I thought were not there. And then I hugged my father. We hugged for the first time in any time that I could remember. And what happened when I hugged my dad is I became him. Just like what happened with the trees and everything else. And I lived his life in an instant. And I knew what he had been through. And why he was the way he was. And I could understand. And I knew how he felt. And it, it wasn't so much about me forgiving him and him forgiving me. That happened. It was more about me forgiving me. And
2: understanding.
3: How important. Forgiving yourself is. About judging yourself so harshly. About being so cruel to yourself. Making yourself feel bad. And then. he, He looked at me. And he said to me. You know Jose. You have to go back. I'm looking at my dad, like, you're kidding, right? No way I'm going back. I like it here. Now, I always find a contrast between that because when I was alive, it was about being alive. I didn't want to die. Now I'm here. Now I'm, I got to He's asking me, I could go back. And I'm like, no, man, I don't want to go back. And we have this debate. And it's like, you got to go back. I'm like, no, no, no. Then I feel like this tug right here, right? But it's really coming from my back. The next thing I know, I'm back in my body. I open my eyes and the doctor's doing CPR. When I open my eyes, she kind of just jumped back like that. And then I was back with my father.
4: So you kind of did like a jump back,
3: like a quick little... Yeah, I think it, it surprised her, like, that I opened my eyes. Right. And... When I'm back with my dad, he's kind of like, no, man, you got to go back. You don't understand. And I said, I do understand. I I don't want to go back. Anyway, my father was always making deals, right? (laughs) And he looked at me and he said, you know what? We're going to make a deal. Right? And I said, okay, what's the deal? And he said, here's the deal. I promise if you go back when your time comes, don't, and I'll bring you home. No. Sorry. Anyway, for some reason, I thought that was such a good deal, right? I'm like, man, that's a great deal. How could I not take this? I said, okay, that sounds like a good deal, and I was like, felt that tug again, pull back in my body. And then two things happened right away. My first thought was, am I such a bad person that heaven just kicked me out?
1: Right? Wow. That was my first thought. And then I felt this isolation. Because I felt like I was inside this body again. And I felt like I was separate from everything. When I was over there, I was Part of everything. Now I just feel a separation. I'm back on this body.
3: Everything's not connected to me anymore. And I crashed. And I was wondering why did I take this deal? What what, what did I just do? And uh, started another journey. You know, it put me on the journey of was this real? did I actually see my father? And that was complicated
1: because when I got better and I was able to speak, now I was in the hospital for three months. Six months, I was two intubated. Three for for six weeks, I mean. And uh, when they finally got it out and I could finally speak, I got my cardiologist in the room and I said to the guy, just a simple
3: thing, man. People believe this, Alex. All I said was, I think I went somewhere. And the guy just looked at me and said, no way.
1: You had, your brain is still alive for two minutes after your heart stops.
3: You had DMT. You had, all these drugs were giving you. It was literally a hallucination. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And I was like, man, if he's right, what? You know, what? because everything I believe was destroyed when I died. So everything I believe in science and all that, that wasn't the answer. You know, there was something more, there was creator, there was God, there was something different. That was it. Now he's kind of making me question that again. And uh, whilst I was
1: in that situation, in that critical care unit for all that time. Every time they hit a cold blue, because my prognosis was you're not gonna make it out of here alive. So
3: take care of your stuff, take care of your affairs. I was worried that I was gonna have that would be me against me. And so what I did was I went back to that bowl inside all those colors
1: where I felt completely unjudged and so welcomed and so like. Long here. And I found peace there. And
3: that was my go to, my escape. Cold blue, I'm in that ball world of colors Anyway, I finally leave the hospital. And because of what the doctor said, I think I'm mentally ill. Now I'm also addicted to multiple medications.
1: And the thing is, you leave the hospital, and they give you all these meds, but they never tell you you're addicted to anything. So I think I'm addicted. I'm just experiencing these withdrawal and whatever, you know, like, so I I had to take this medication to keep my heart rate down. And it would, you know, it would, I would get these anxiety attacks and take the pill, you know, take my anxiety away and reduce my heart rate. But then instead of taking it every four hours, it was every three, then every two. And then, you know, it was like, I would take it and an hour later, I'm already experiencing all this anxiety my body's saying, give me more.
3: Anyway, it took me, a long time to get off of it, three years, so I went to get mental help, and uh, I had to decide whether that experience was real or not, Alex, and
1: that's not easy,
2: mm.
1: not easy, because a lot of people in this world were telling me, no, you're messed up, so even my family was telling me, man, you're so different, I never talked about God, I never talked about Creator, now I'm talking about all that stuff. they're like, man, something happened to you, you messed up, right? Even my kids sometimes to this day will say, where's the old Joe? And I'm like, man, I'm thinking I'm a better version. I'm more spiritual, I'm open to a lot of things. But uh, that turned out to be a very difficult part of my life. So I, I finally went to several mental health professionals. First thing that happened, they were able to get me off the drugs. So um, you're always on that road to
3: recovery. So I'm, I'm, I'm off the drugs. I've been off for about 17 years. But uh, I had to make peace with whether that happened or not. Mm-hmm. Was it real? Was it a dream?
1: I, I finally am sitting with this mental health professional and this woman is an amazing person. Now, the other people helped me to get off drugs and everything, so they, they, they were
3: amazing in their own way. But this, this young woman sat there and looked at me, and she did something that changed my life. She sat next to me, and she took my hand. And I tell you, the minute she took my hand, I was in that hospital bed dying scared, praying that someone would take my hand or that I would reach out.
4: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
1: And what I thought was being courageous and being
3: tough. I realized at that moment that I was a coward and I was so afraid to just something so simple as someone to help me. That it's okay to ask someone to help you. It's okay to ask for help sometimes.
1: Anyway, she took my hand and I was back in that hospital bed. And for the first time in my life, I told someone that I had gone somewhere and that that was my experience. But I just said to you guys, right? Mm-hmm. i imagine you're living with your family and you can't talk to them about it.
0: So you never told your family about the sto- like the, the full story at that no. point? no wow
3: no and and you they already think something's wrong with you and you're not sure yourself
1: and i'm saying if i tell them this they're gonna
3: commit me (laughs) right
1: right they're gonna lock me up and say that you know it's a and it's very common for people that have this type of experience to not speak about it and i don't know if that's something that happens physically in your brain or something so People that get PTSD that are exposed to a lot of trauma want to talk about it, but something shuts it down.
3: But I think I might have been experiencing that. But anyway, she liberated me, man. And then she said to me, foot here. She explained to me, that if you're over there all the time, they're going to medicate you. And you're going to lose that experience. And if you hear all the time, you're going to lose the experience because you're going to lose. You just forget, you know, make
1: make pretend it wasn't real. So on that day, I decided that this was real.
3: That I had that experience. And there was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing to be ashamed of that it was a good thing.
1: And it changed my life in a good way it made me think about other people very differently. It made me think about my family very differently. It made me think about
3: what's relevant, what matters. You know. uh, made me think about what I own and don't own. And why it's important to share. You know, because it's not mine. You know, so everything that I have here, in my mind, is a loan from God or the Creator
1: and something that we could use while we're here. But it's not
3: something that we ever could claim and and take with us. So uh, I learned to look at the simple things, appreciate that sunrise, sound of the rain, wind, sun, uh, the voice of people I love, the sound. way they look. I try to visualize them and hold that image forever so I could take it with me. And then that's the only thing we could take. The memories that we make here, the good ones, because the bad ones get taken away from us. Are what move with us to the other side. Hmm. So that's what we need to do while we're here. Make good memories. Something that
1: I know I could take with me because I take it in here.
0: It's the only thing that you can
2: take with you. Yes.
1: And understanding
3: that, imagine that when we're made, we have a tank and that tank is filled with love. And God or the creator, whatever you believe says, leave that here. That's for you to leave here. And that's my goal, to leave that here. Because I don't want to go back what I have thankful. Hmm. I want to go back empty. I want to leave with all that love and whatever I have here. And I think that's what we all are meant to do. You know? Well,
0: let, me, let me ask you, uh, Jose. You know, there's... Uh, there's so many parts of your story that, as you were saying, it touched me um, in deep ways. The appreciation for your body—so uh, many of us beat ourselves up over how we look or how we don't look, or um, you know, all these kind of just the the, the negative monkey brain in, in our head that that voice that's always beating us up and 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 just just making it difficult for us as a general statement to walk yeah, through this yeah. earth. That was very powerful to me. I think that there's so much um, fear in living. Uh, it's, everybody, and, you know, many people, most people I would say are afraid of truly living who they are, being who they are, living their true selves. What advice do you have for people who are afraid to follow that dream, to follow that purpose that they're here to do, because so many people get that nine to five to make a living, but they're not living. They're just literally dying little by little. And uh, it seems to me that you, from, from what I read about your story, you've embraced the living part of actually living and not afraid of doing new things and going after what you believe is your purpose here in life. So what advice do you have for people in regards to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, and, and the advice is is really going to be relatively simple, but I think we just have to understand that
3: when I was dying, I was regretting a lot of things, right? A lot of what I regretted was what I didn't do, that I should have done.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe tell someone, I forgive you. You know, so there's people out there that are struggling sometimes with, with siblings like I did and I, we were arguing about some crazy ridiculous thing and we hadn't talked for a couple of years and here you are in a bed you're dying and you say man <laughs> she's going to think that I, that I hate her or something, I don't
1: so I think one of the first things you do is, is you need to kind of really think about what's important in your life So what matters? Is it my kids? Is it my job? Is it what? And pay attention to it.
3: And the way you start to pay attention to that is to start paying attention to yourself because we're afraid to love because we worry about being hurt but we're also afraid of being loved. Often, we don't know how to respond to being loved. So the way I grew up, it was to be very stiff, very hard, very like, I don't reciprocate because this is the way a man's supposed to be. So a lot of it is what we teach. And we got to get past that. So,
1: you know, I, I, what I like to do sometimes is just look at myself in the mirror.
3: Because I know when I used to look at myself in the mirror, before I died, I was so ugly. Mm-hmm. Right, I was putting myself down. I was beating myself up. Just, and I, I look in the mirror and I look at myself and I say, "Thank God," because this body is gonna let me go to the store. It's gonna let me go do this
1: with that person. It's gonna let me, right. you know, listen to this music. It's gonna, it's going to be that conduit for everything that I'm gonna love and
3: and and appreciate. And tell myself that I am everlasting love. That's what I am. And that's what I want to project. Yeah, I got hurt.
1: Somebody cheated on me. They did that and all this happened. And yeah,
3: but that doesn't mean I stopped loving. Someone, yeah. there'll be someone. And maybe
1: it's not a person. Maybe it's, it's it's a pet. Whatever it is, you have something to
3: give. You need to leave it here. Don't be afraid to tell people what you feel. If you love someone, tell them.
1: If you need to give somebody a hug, give it to them. Because I don't know when that moment will come.
3: And I may not have time. I may not be able to pick up a phone and say, hey, by the way, I'm gonna check out. I love you. I want you to know that,
1: right? right? So make sure that you're always aware of those things and you're always checking them off. And you know, if you if you think of somebody that you haven't thought of in a while, man, give them a call. Hey, how are you? Just thought about you. Fill your life with that and get into the moment.
4: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
3: You know, there's a lot of yoga. There's a lot of breath work. There's all this stuff going on, right? I don't think people really understand what it's like not to be able to take a breath. We take that soul for granted. And when I couldn't breathe, it just changed that. It made me appreciate that simple, we do it 20 times a minute. We don't think about it. Right. And then when I couldn't do it, it made me appreciate. who we are so much, my body, that it just, wow, look at that, it just did that, and it filled Mm -hmm. me with air, made me feel good, it filled me with life, and I think we need
1: to get more into that moment, I think we need to get into a space where we sit with ourselves and we're
3: real, you know, I like this kind of music, listen to it, Uh, you want an ice cream, eat it. You, know, Let me you ask don't you. abuse anything, right? Of course. Don't is.
1: deny yourself.
3: You know.
0: So when you travel, if you're lucky enough to travel to Italy, don't worry about the carbs.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to go to Italy and you're worried about it, you're going to put yourself in a box. Right. Right. This, and a lot of the richness. Now remember what you're going to take back with you. It might be the memory of when you bite into that.
0: Oh, oh and God! I get chills. That, I guess just chills thinking about it.
1: And all those flavors and the aromas that come from it, and you're like, oh man!
0: Just sitting sitting at a cafe right in front of the Colosseum in Rome, and you have a nice fresh uh, pizza, a slice of pizza from from a local oh, cafe. God. Can you yeah. imagine? And then there's there's people going, but the carbs. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> the carbs. Right. But so that's the thing. So it's about enjoying every moment and being in the moment. Exactly. And not living in the past or in the, or in the future
1: as much as we spend our lives there.
0: Right. We don't spend our lives in the moment. We spend our lives thinking about things that we have no control over in our, in our memories and thinking about the future, which is basically our imagination. Right. And we never live here where we're actually, because this is the only thing that's, the only thing we have is right now. Yeah. This moment that I'm talking to you is the only thing I have exactly. right now. I don't have 10 minutes from now. I don't know. Exactly. And this moment is eternal. Right. This is all
1: we ever have. This moment right now. Right. And exactly. we move, whether you think we move forward, you know, we think time is an hour that moves forward. And when we go back in time, it moves back. But however you want to see that. All we have is this one moment from the instant we're born to the moment we move We're only in this space.
0: So let me ask you, so many of us walk around, walk around the earth lost, trying to figure out why we're here and and the connection of what the purpose is for our life. So many of us think we have no purpose here. And I am a true believer of that. Everybody is here for a reason. You have a mission in this life some big missions, quote unquote, some small missions, quote unquote, but you have a mission and you have to f- connect to that mission. And then when you do connect to that mission, that purpose, life becomes easier. Things become more um, more enjoyable, blocks or doorways that were locked before swing wide open when you're on purpose in your life. Um, do you have any suggestions, anything from your experience that can help guide us in how to find that purpose in our lives
1: yeah I mean the first thing I I have a practice and what I teach people is really to understand their value
3: that they're relevant that they're important that they are someone and they have a story they have their story right Right? we all have a story and Our purpose is not to live in tomorrow and not to live in the past. Can't change the past. And I don't know what tomorrow looks like. I could think maybe what it looks like, right?
1: I could imagine it, but, you know, I could say in an hour, I'm going to be here. You're going to do something in
3: two hours. I got to go do this in two hours, but that's what we think we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing, what we know for sure is that we're right in this moment. And that's what I want you to really focus on, feeling
1: what you feel. You know, go outside one day and feel the warm sun on your
3: skin. Feel the cold when it's cold out. Let your body talk to you. And listen to you. You know, take your shoes off and feel the grass, the soil, Mother Earth. You know, look at the moon at night and just feel that power. And let yourself go in the moment. And you're going to find that you're at a crossroad. So every moment of my life, I am at a point where I can make choices. And I could say I'm going to go left or I'm gonna go right. I'm gonna go up those stairs, or I'm gonna go down. We're always at that crossroad. You can always change your life in a good way. You wake up in the middle of the night and say, Ooh, I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna do. We could do that in a day. We could decide that at any moment. so, our future is always filled with possibility, always filled with potential, always filled with opportunity. We need to be present with them, and that's what you're talking about. Doors open, things happen. You know, there's
1: a lot of magical things happening in my life. Even having this conversation with you, Alex. Right?
3: Hmm. Nobody plans this. These things happen, how do they happen? There's something magical,
1: something that is is way ahead of us. And to me, that's creator. It could be God. It could be Buddha, whatever you believe in. It could even be science and math for those that believe in that, right? But something is making all these things kind of work separate, but together at the same time. And then we reach out and we're doing the show. And I'll go out and I might be helping somebody get on a bus that's struggling a little bit walking. Did I plan it? No. But that's just being in that moment and that's what life is about.
3: Forget about,
1: yes, I want to be okay. I don't want to worry about my bills. I don't want to worry about those things. Those are normal.
3: But you can't live there 24-7. When you get out of work, you're at work. Be with the people you're with. Be with your family if you're home. Don't be like part of you is at work. Oh God, I got to do this tomorrow. I, I,
1: I, oh my God, how am I going to get that done? Or, you know what?
3: Leave that for tomorrow because tomorrow will come. That's one thing I guarantee you. No matter what we do, moments ahead of us will always come. They'll get there.
1: So why worry about it? When I get there, you know what? I'm back at work. Now let me figure out how I'm going to But when I'm with my family, let me enjoy my babies. Let me enjoy my wife. Let me enjoy my husband. Let me enjoy my partner, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. My pet. Let me enjoy my room. Oh, I want to read this
3: book. Let me read this book. I want to see this movie. Watch the movie. And that you're going to find is going to empower you because it's going to make you believe in what? Believe in you.
1: And the moment we begin to believe in us, we, you know, I'm just going to say this. It it, it may sound very spiritual, but we're all creators. Mm -hmm. I get up and I make breakfast. I just make breakfast. I created it. Right. And that chicken created that egg for me. But now I'm frying it and I'm doing this way, I'm spamming it and and I'm adding these spices and I'm making it this way.
3: We're always creating everyone else.
4: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
3: So that means
1: that We have an opportunity to shape and mold. But not by thinking, oh, I'm going to in 10 years. Yeah. Thinking little steps right now. My expectation is I could be here somewhere else in a few years, but I'm not going to worry about that. That'll take care of itself. I'm just going to worry about right now what I'm doing right now and enjoy it and live in that moment. You know, I can't imagine how many people outside and it's spring or summer like we're in now and they don't feel a warm sun
2: mm.
1: it just feels so nice on you you know when it's cold up here in canada when it gets cold you feel that crisp cold ah, wow it just wakes you up oh yeah right and and i i just think people you know they don't get that because they're thinking i gotta get in my car and i gotta get over there i gotta clean the snow off and it's, it's about all that and not about what am I experiencing right
3: now? What do you experience when you're with someone you love? Just holding their hand. Think about what that feels like. Their fingers in your mouth. The warmth. Because when I was dying, I wanted somebody to hold my hand so bad because I was scared. hmm and because somebody said to me, my "Dad, you can't show fear," I didn't take somebody's hand, and it made
2: my death that much harder.
1: That's simply simple thing. That's simple act. And that's what I'm telling you to live. That's what you. That's what life is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about having ten houses and twenty cars. <laughs> if Creator gives you that, God gives you that. That's great.
3: But you're not going to take none of that with you. But what you do take with you is that moment that you held that hand and felt it. Not that you held it, but where you realized you were feeling it. Because that's the memory that's going to go with you. You know, oh, bad things happened. I lost my job. Those memories are not going to go with you. My girlfriend left me. My boyfriend, you know, all that's going to come off. But those little moments that we have to share, you know, even when you're with yourself, look at yourself in the mirror and and look at yourself and say you're beautiful. Say you're ugly. Oh, I'm fat. No, you're not fat. You know? We can always change those things. They have power. they are strong. God gave us this ability to make
1: things. And one of the things we make is every moment in front of us. I can make my time miserable and say, oh, that happened to me. And I'll be thinking about it for 24 hours if I want. I can say, oh, that happened
3: to me. But I learned a little from it. Now I know I'm not going to do that again.
0: And let me keep going forward. Jose, um, it, this conversation has been absolutely wonderful. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And again, it's touched me in, in some very deep ways. Um, can you please tell people where they can find out more about you, your workshops, your art, and what you do?
3: Yeah, if
1: you go to innerimmersion.com,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, innerimmersion.com. Um, you'll be able to see the art, some of the uh, the uh, workshops that I do. Uh,
3: the focus is mindfulness, right? Being in the moment, being in the right now. Focus is who am I? How relevant am I? Am I important? Do I have value? Purpose? last asked about purpose, uh, and.
1: It's, it's a very powerful workshop and uh, uh, it changes lives in a good way. It's art-based. You know, and you find the magic of art in color. To me, color, this piece behind me
2: mm-hmm.
1: is, is, is called Strand. So it speaks to that, I'll never get lost when I move on.
3: Something is holding me. Something takes me home, right? I can't get lost. So, but that is living to me. That's the change that I came back with. I appreciate everything. I look at a stone, it's not a stone. It's a lie. And if I'm gonna move that stone, I say stone, is it okay for me to move? My little girl wants to, she likes to save some of
1: these stones from everywhere we go and she likes to replace it with a seashell, she, a seashell, because we lived in Florida
3: so long, she had so many. Mm-hmm. But we always ask permission. Can I bring you with me? Can I put you over here? And it may sound mundane, but that little act changes your life because it makes you appreciate every moment you have. The next moment that you have is special. The moment after that is special. The moment that comes after that is special. Every moment is special. Everything we do is special. Every person we see, every person we touch.
1: And that's what the practice speaks to. So I use it a lot in rehab centers and stuff like that. It's getting a lot of traction because it's helping people to find who they are. And that's the the question that I always ask myself. Who am I? If I'm not this, what am I? Who am I? And that means I am magical and I am spiritual and I am so much more. And so are you. Every one of you.
0: Now, I'm going to ask you two questions to ask all of my guests. What is your mission in this life?
3: My mission right now is to serve. What I mean by that is very different. If I could change someone's life in a good way, value spiritually is something you can't match. So the same way that woman held my hand, mental perfection, made me feel it was okay. I could tell her my story. It was okay. If she thinks I'm crazy, okay. But those little moments are the magic that we have to give. The words that you tell someone can change their life forever. It's power. So, understand what I'm saying about who you are. There's power in who you are. So, my goal is to help people to understand they have that. And that if I say something to you very negative, I can make you feel very bad. Or if I say something to you that's very positive, I can make you feel very good. It's a choice that I make,
1: choices that you make. And my goal is to help people to try to make better choices. So the practice is engineered to help you to understand who you are. And if you understand who you are, then I can understand who I exist. I can understand who every one of you are because we're all more alike than we are
3: not. Mm-hmm. We all do the same things. We all need to be loved. We all want to love. We all want to be happy. Peace and calm in our lives. Okay, there's drama. We always get past the drama. Now,
0: what is the ultimate purpose of life, in your
1: opinion? Well, that's
3: a great question, Alex. And I'm just going to say this, to live it. This is a chance where I get to touch and feel. And I could touch things in a good way, or I could touch things in a bad way. When I was in the other side, on the other side, everything I touched, I became that. So I really couldn't touch it the way I touch it here. And my sense is, on the other side, we're one with everything. And I feel
1: like that, I was part of everything when I came back in my body, I felt this isolation.
3: I feel like I'm in here and everything is outside of me. But that's the special magical moment, being in here. Watch to feel, to see, to love. I mean, look at the magic that your body does. Hm.
0: Every second of every day.
1: Yeah. Every second. You know, and then appreciate. And what I mean by that, you know what? I appreciate my car.
4: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
3: It takes me everywhere I want to go. It doesn't complain. I just got to give it a little gas, give it a little maintenance. And that's where we need to be. We need to appreciate. We need to love one another. You know, the world
1: right now to me is kind of like pulling in a lot of different directions. Right, And it's all fear. We're afraid of what? Of losing something that we don't own. I don't Mm -hmm. own land.
3: I don't own a house. I don't own the car. I don't own this clothes. I don't own anything. I only own my life. That goes back to your question. I own this life. This is what matters. And then what feeds this life are the memories that I make. That's what I store. That's what I take. It's beautiful, my friend. I, I, Jose, thank
0: you so much for, for coming on the show and sharing your story with, with me and, and with everybody listening. I hope it does help people um, have a better understanding of why we're here and what they can do to make their journey through this life a little bit easier, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit happier, and to realize what truly is important in this life and, and not to worry. As they say, don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and you know what, Alex, I, I, I want to thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's important that, uh, you know, there's a lot of like negativity. Mm. and it's it's nice to see someone that's thinking about good things
0: trying and, my friend and,
1: and showing the world that you know what there are a lot of good things out there there are a lot of good things people there are a lot of beautiful things. you know just that memory of sitting in by the Colosseum having that pizza makes your
0: mouth water right so like, oh my god oh, i'm i'm there in my head or i've never been to rome but i'm there in my head already and i'm like i have to make that that right there i have to make happen in my and in, in this life,
1: that good feeling is what you hold on to,
0: right? Uh, you know, one uh, before we go, there was one thing that my a friend of mine long time ago she said to me. She said, "When you die, you don't worry about your bills, you don't worry about the pain, you don't worry about the bad things in life. You remember the vacations with your family. You remember on those experiences, because that's what you take with you. You take those experiences with you." You don't take about, you don't you don't take the writing the, you know, the checks for the bill or, no. or or worrying about money or worrying about why this person did that to me or why you were angry. You don't take that with you. You take the experiences of, of enjoying yourself, spending time with loved ones. That is what you take with you. That is the only baggage you are allowed to take because there are no U-hauls attached to hearses. Uh, there's not a lot of U-Hauls, not a lot of U-Hauls in in the cemetery, as they say, but the, what you can take is those experiences, those memories. So you tell everybody, take a lot of those bags with you, man. Take as many of those bags as you could
1: take, fill them up, take a hundred because you keep those memories.
0: Yes. They move on
1: with you and it ties you to the people you love here. You don't ever disconnect from them.
0: Right. That's good.
1: That it's that connection that we don't we don't lose that. We don't want to lose that connection with what we love here. You know, and we love so many things. We, can
2: love,
1: that's a very cat, we can love a cat, we love a dog, we love a right, a how we love so many things, our car. They become more than a thing.
0: Right. Right. It's what they mean to you. It's what they yeah. mean to you. So those that's what we're talking about here. Thank you, my friend, again, for for your time. I appreciate you. And thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. It's much needed. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Alex, for the opportunity.
1: And uh, I send many blessings out to everybody out there. If you need to reach out, go to that website. Alex, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate
0: it. I want to thank Jose so much for coming on the show and sharing his story with us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, including how to reach out to Jose, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 076. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey.